Hi, this is the Robberator, and you can support my mad grab for power and the Sword and Laser podcast by going to patreon.com slash sword and laser. Hey everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and of course, awesome discussions from fans just like you. Hi, Tom. Hi, Veronica. How's it going? It's going pretty well. Um, and a hello to everyone in our live chat room tonight. We've got lots of friends here because I I adhered everyone in the Discord server. <laughs> and they adhered to your call. Oh. Well done, sir. Um, What are you drinking this fine evening? Uh, Having a little St. Francis port. Hmm. I don't know if they legally can call it port because they're not from Portugal. They're from California. Uh, But it's a uh, it's a kind of a staple during the winter months. So I always get two bottles of port uh, from them in December. And then we just kind of sip on them the rest of the year. Nice. I have a bottle of port that's been in my collection. Um. Gosh, it's probably been 15 years now and I haven't opened it. I'm just never in the mood for it, but maybe I should just bust it out one of these you nights. No, changed it for us. I bought port glasses oh. and I left them out. Not They're not in the cabinet. They're sitting out. And it reminds us like, oh, don't want to have a big drink tonight, but a little port a would small, be nice. A small drink. Yeah, a pequeño small. drink. Exactly. Um, I'm also having a small drink. It's um, Bev. <laughs> It's a grease, grease. Hey, Bev. Um, and it is. Bev, uh, that's uh, that's uh, French for Bev Gray. Yeah, sure. And it's. Um, or is that Spanish? Maybe that's. It's Spanish. Pinot Grigio. <laughs> uh, and they're little like wine cans that have a little bit of fizz in them. They're very refreshing. My mom turned me on to them last time she was visiting. It's a wine cooler. It's, it's basically a, it's a, wine a, cooler. It's a wine cooler. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, it doesn't have any sugar in it. It's sugar free. Okay. All right. It's just All it's right. just sparkling wine. It's, a, it's just like sparkling wine it's a in a diet can. Wine cooler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's got like Activa, Activa, or whatever it is. No, it doesn't. I'm looking looking to see what it has in here. It doesn't have any ingredients. Sounds refreshing. I'll be honest. It's it's a women owned business, so that's cool. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Love it. So Armut says chicks. at least it's not a Zima. And um, when I worked at the liquor store in Boston many many moons ago. We had one one of my friends in college who would only drink Zima, and he basically kept the Lima, the liquor store in Zima for like two years. <laughs> like he was the guy; he was the only Zima guy just for that. Part. Yeah, 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 pretty much oh for gosh. Adam. So, Adam, if you're out there, I hope you found your Zima cash somewhere in the world. It's like an alternate history where Zima became very popular. <laughs> where Zima still rules. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there was never White Claw, only Zima. Well, I, I hope you all are noticing that my audio sounds better. I hope it really does actually sound better. I got a new microphone. I'm um, feeling pretty good about it. It's a it's a blue mic, a blue microphone. Um, well, that's the brand, blue. Um, it's the Yeti. Yeah, it was a little sad until she started using it, though. Oh, we'll, we'll admit. What now it's not blue anymore. It's just the brand blue. Oh, <laughs> So I hope it sounds a little more professional. Um, I don't have the wherewithal to convert my kitchen into a recording studio the way my old office was. So this is Mm. the best we're going to get, unfortunately. Well, anyway, now that we are done with all our bookkeeping, shall we jump into the quick burns? March 
Madness is the name of the NCAA tournament and copyrighted by them, but we do something in March also that does not infringe in any way on their trademarks. Uh, And the nominations for what we do are open. Uh, You can nominate books in our Goodreads thread until 8 p.m. Eastern on Monday, February 21st. Uh, All the rules, there's there's not a lot of rules, but there's lots of details you might have questions about. Uh, The complete guide is in the thread by our amazing moderator, Rob. Here's the top line stuff, though, if you're unfamiliar. Uh, One nomination per person has to be sci-fi or fantasy, obviously, because that's our show. Uh, should be something we haven't read. We've mm-hmm. already read Preferably, it before. Yep. <laughs> uh, we're not going to want to pick it. Uh, we will choose eight sci-fi and eight fantasy out of the nominations. We have the final say on that. It's not a numbers thing. We try to pick balance, you know, try to, you know, get some stuff that's, that's different. So it's not all the same kind of book going up against each other. And then starting February 23rd, there will be a series of polls pitting one book against another for you to vote on. The winner of each head-to-head poll will advance to the next week where it will face another winner of a poll. And the fourth and final week will start on March 16th with the surviving fantasy book against the surviving sci-fi book. And the winner of that last poll becomes the April book pick. So exciting. It's the most wonderful time of the year. I love it. Um, It is. and I thanks always this. to I'm Rob so Reader for organizing and and putting this whole thing together every year. I I don't even know how many years he's done this in a row. It's been a lot. Um, he's got he's got the game down pat, and it's it's always so much fun. And my favorite part really is like the authors that get involved and like you know get excited about them like who they're up against Start and things like their that. Books yeah, on. yeah, yeah. Um, so and and also remember it doesn't matter whether a sci-fi or fantasy book wins. It, it's not going to change our overall like format. So like if there's uh, so we're doing a fantasy book now and then a sci-fi, sci-fi Peter, in F. March. Peter F Hamilton during March, during, during March. the votes. And so another sci-fi yeah. book could win, and then it would be two sci-fi in a row, and then we would go back to fantasy. If, if a sci-fi book won, it'd be two yeah, sci-fi in a row. Yeah, that's what we've done in the past. Yeah. If, we, if, if we get two in a row, then we do the opposite one the month after, and then we go back to the normal So we rotation. could actually get three sci-fi in a row. Three sci-fi picks in a row. Well, it would be sci-fi, sci-fi, and if, if sci-fi, sci-fi happens... Then we'll do fantasy, fantasy. Okay. Oh, right? okay. And that All balances right. it out. We'll see. This is how the sausage gets made. Yeah. So Mark yeah. says we have done six years of March Madness, and I'm pretty sure Rob has organized wow. every year. So I remember the first year. I was trying to do it all myself and Rob was like, do you want help with that? And I was like, Oh gosh, yes, please. Uh, and he has been invaluable, uh, with that. So thank you, Rob. Ever since. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Anne says the recommended reading list of Locus mag for 2021 is up for 2021 or is 2020, this is 2022, yeah, this, right? This is, remember Locus does the thing where they look back on last year's books oh. and say, okay, now that they're not new, we've spent some time. Here's what we recommend reading in case you missed it. I love that. I love that. Okay. Um, so yeah, some great picks. The list is long. I mean, there's a lot of novels here on the science fiction list and on the fantasy list. I'm just scrolling through to see if there's any in particular that like stand out to me that perhaps we read. Um, ooh, a Desolation Called Peace is on there. That was the the second in the Arcady Martin um, trilogy. Um, gosh. 
We've got uh, uh, the the Echo Wife by Sarah Gailey. I've heard lots of good things about. There's an Alistair Reynolds in there. Inhibitor Leviathan phase. Falls. James uh, Corey. Of course. Match. Yeah, yeah. Jeff Vanderbeer uh, had one last year. I, I kind of missed that. I, I I think I vaguely remember hearing about that. But Hummingbird Salamanders on there as well. Actually, we did better um, for picks uh, in the fantasy section where we have light from uncommon stars. Um, we've got the inherent inheritance of Odegilia Divinia. Um, so but we did light from uncommon stars as a sci-fi pick. Interestingly, oh. and it does exist in both worlds. So, <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's Jade legacy is in there. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So more, more, of course, Sherry priest grave reservations made it as well to yes. add to your TBR. Tom Mahomey says in chat, I thought it was a foodie book. Confusing. It's so many genres. It's so you many can't, things. can't box it in. Don't even try. Uh, Jan says that according to Deadline, newly formed Six Studios has acquired the rights to the first six books in Raymond E. Feist and Janny Wirt's Rift War cycle, which includes previous sword and laser pick Magician. So, yeah, uh, we we have read uh, Raymond Feist before. We read Magician, and that is in this series that is going to be up for adaptation. That's cool. Good to know. Fantastic. But, man, it seems like everything's getting adapted now. There's like a, a, a gold rush on. Love it. I back that fully. Mark says we read The Rook by Daniel O'Malley back in 2016. O'Malley uh, followed up with that uh, with Stiletto and coming October 2022, a third A Files novel, Blitz. From the acclaimed author of The Rook and Stiletto, the new book in the Rook Files series about a new recruit to the Cheque, the most powerful supernatural enforcement agency on Earth, who is accused of going rogue and must go on the run to clear her name. There was also one season of a TV ab- adaptation, which I actually forgot to watch. Did you watch that? Oh, you that? never watched it? I forgot it. Was, it. Oh, so good. Did I watch I it? I liked it. I was really sad they didn't bring it back. It was on Stars, I think. Oh, I didn't have Stars. But I have to get Stars yeah. again because Outlander is back. Mm, yes, you do. I may know someone who's seen the first two episodes because of screeners, and that person might be me. <laughs> That wasn't how I expected that to go. But good <laughs> but also, for you. I, the screeners were because of my wife, but I also <laughs> watched them potentially. Excellent. I can't say for sure. Yeah. Uh, Ian said an explanation as to why the Locked Tomb trilogy is now going to be four books, although reading the reason implies there may be a fifth. TLDR, the first part of Electo the Ninth was 140,000 characters <laughs> long, or words, 140,000 words long. The editor stepped in and encouraged publishing act one in its own book. So Tamsin Muir uh, seems to be coming all down with a little George R. R. Martin disease here. Don't say that. Don't say that. Don't you dare say no, that. I don't mean it. I don't mean it in the not releasing. I mean it in the like, wow, this book is so long. I should probably cut it in half and put one half out as its own book. Fantastic. Well, I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to complain about more more of these of Locked Tomb books. So. George R. R. Martin should not be a synonym for complaining. I, I was only that's meaning. That's not what I was, really I was saying about book. unfinishing, which I think is a okay. fair right. a fair point to make. You know, you got to be more like an ent. Just like wait for all eternity to hit puberty or what? <laughs> yes. Like what? Appar- what are you apparently. saying? <laughs> yes, I definitely meant ent puberty. <laughs> Absolutely what I was going for. (laughs) I don't know. It's the first thing that came to my mind. Um, But you're right. Isn't that the thing with Ents is that they they don't talk uh, to humans unless they're really young. 
I literally that, have no idea. That why you said I, that? That's not why I said no. that. I just said that purely because okay. I thought it would be funny. Yeah, that was really worked. funny. Thank so, you. Good job. Yeah. Jan says, um, if you want to lem something, okay. <laughs> okay. Wait a second. Okay, no, this is not what I think it means. All right. Jan says, if you want to no. lem something, you can check out my year of reading Lemishly, a way, way too long article about the works of Stanislaw Lem <laughs> over at the London Book Review. <laughs> is it any good? Probably, but I can't say I didn't finish it. <laughs> Oh, yeah. This was exquisite. I laughed and laughed when I found this and copied it over into our our, our lineup. I'm so glad I got uh, to read that. Anybody doesn't know, we love Stanislav Lem. We 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 God. honor Stanislav Lem's works. Uh, I unfortunately made a wrong choice and recommended for a first Stanislav Lem reading years ago, decades ago at this point, uh, Memoirs Found in a Bathtub, which uh, Veronica couldn't finish and so then hence lemming a book uh became part of our lexicon yeah we we apologize to stanislav lem for the error it is um it is in urban dictionary so it's real it is a real thing it is is the top definition for lem to lem as a verb in yeah yeah uh brian pointed out this cool uh link here an artist using uh an ai uh a a machine learning algorithm i think this is a deep learning algorithm actually uh because i I hate to use just ai because it's so meaningless Mm -hmm. on its own but uh, i think it's a deep learning algorithm probably a gan that perfectly fakes 70s sci-fi pulp covers Uh, so they just train it on actual covers and then tell it like come up with stuff that looks like that and it does a pretty good job uh although brian says in my vague memories those covers seem more reminiscent of the late 50s and 60s uh that is occurring on the used paperbacks i was buying in the early to mid 70s but still whatever you think uh they look like they look good i like these and they're not real Counting Mars by Sidney W. Brooks never existed. I mean, the the Isabella V. Rivera book, uh, One Telling 10,000, <laughs> looks like a real cover. I mean, a lot of these they look like do. real covers. Yeah, yeah for sure. The Are Great the names Spacious also generated? by Lily Hayes Cinema. Yeah, I think so. I think everything's generated. Yeah, there's been a few of these yeah, kinds the of thing things is. going around recently, um, which are pretty fun. Um I've been seeing a number of these like fantasy covers or sci-fi covers or works of art. Um, so a little geeker-esque sometimes. Um, it, it gets a little trippy, but I'm, I'm super into it. I think it's fun. And then uh, Mark also says, okay, who knew this was a thing and didn't say anything? It's the Walter Day Collection of Science Fiction Historical Trading Cards. Gotta collect them all. So we've got uh, cards hey, for H.G. Wells, Jules Verne. What are we going to say? Veronica, I've I've got doubles of H.P. Lovecraft, but can I trade you one for Philip K. Dick? No, I don't want that. Oh, I'm really? sorry. Okay, what about Aldous Huxley? Aldous Huxley and Lovecraft for Philip K. Dick. Well, you know, I do need a Huxley for my collection. Um, do you have any Andre Nortons? No, but I have an Arthur Conan Doyle. Okay. All right. All right. We can, we can, we can talk about this a little bit. I know you like Sherlock. I do like Sherlock. I do. It's not worth much, but it's Arthur worth it Conan to me. Arthur Conan Doyle for Philip K. Dick straight up. Done. Sold. Done. But t- took me back to fourth grade right there. <laughs> so can you actually buy these? Are these real? I don't know. 
Yeah. All I know is that uh, immediately someone said, why aren't there certain laser trading cards? Uh, to which someone else responded with pictures of the Geek a Week trading cards that Len Peralta created of both of us years ago. Oh, yeah. We do have that. We do have that. Yeah. But I want cards for like everyone in the audience. That would probably be too much. Yeah. I would like a Tamahome card and a Terp Kristen card mm-hmm. and a Yan card. And a Robberator card. Deridara card. And a- yeah. Robberator card. Beth Mitchum card. Robberator should be like like a team. And a Jenny. Card, like a special card. A Jenny you know? card. Yeah. Yeah. A Ruth card. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to keep naming people now in the we're Goodreads in trouble forums. Because we're not going to stay someone. We're going to leave people out. Yeah. Oh, a Tazzy Dave card. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. A Drake hold, Tungsten hold on, hold card. No, no. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, that! Oh, I can't believe we had that uh, that trouble with the internet where we named every single person in the audience and it got lost. Uh, really, apo- uh, apologies for that. Tough, tough break. Yeah. Well, maybe yeah. we can fix it in post. That's yeah, just the way the internet goes sometimes. She never yeah. fixed it in post. <laughs> um, also, there was another late late breaking quick burns that I wanted to make sure I mentioned, which is uh, Mark posted it, but. Tamahome mentioned it in Discord, which is that apparently Hulu is buying new episodes of Futurama. Ah, well, first of all, you can always add that to the rundown. Too late. <laughs> so, it's too late but, now. Uh, yes, Variety reported that earlier uh, today. Uh, they are bringing Futurama back for a th- third or fourth time, depending on how you look at it. Uh, it depends on whether you count those special episodes in between Comedy Central and... Um, uh, and the second or in between Fox and Comedy Central. Shut runs. up and um, take my money. Yeah, it's coming back. Good news, everyone. I'm very excited. Me too. Um, okay, cool. I, I, Tomahome may be thinking, I think Veronica just stole my joke, but I would have made that joke anyway because that is one of my favorite. I made that joke earlier on DTNS when we talked yeah, about well, it. So. Maybe he stole your reference to that amazing joke. Yeah, from I think Tomahome stole so mine. There you go. Thank you. All right. And then, um, all right, well, that's that's it. Thank you for submitting your quick burns. You can always uh, add quick burns of your own over on the Goodreads forums. Just look for the quick burns thread. All right, now it is time for Barrier Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. And the first one comes from Chris on Facebook, who said, Hi, guys, I just want to make a comment on your upcoming book, Pandora Star by Peter F. Hamilton. This book is one of my most favorite books. Just wondered, have you guys considered listening to it on audio. It's fantastic. It's narrated by John Lee, who does an absolute fantastic job. Considering how many different characters there are in this, he is very good at voices and makes each character very distinct. Also, I was just wondering whether you were going to read the follow-up book, Judas Unchained. Don't want to spoil anything, but this book is very much, uh, but this current book finishes on a cliffhanger. Oh, great. If you're anything like me, you immediately want to start the next book. Looking forward to your views on it in March. Although it could never be completely halted. There's your answer, Chris, oh. on Facebook. Holy crap, you <laughs> finished it, it right in audiobook here. already? I didn't finish it. The first book. <laughs> that was just me playing. Yeah, that was playing in the middle of the first book. Oh. What made you think I'd finished it? I thought you were playing Judas Unchained, an audiobook, and that you had <laughs> no, no, finished no, no. the that, first that book. That was Pandora's Star. Um, possibly we'll get sucked into reading uh, Judas Unchained, Chris. But probably not. I cannot. I am furious that this book ends on a cliffhanger. Just knowing that after I feel like I have that this is my part time job 
to read this book right now. Uh, you did spoil something by saying a book finishes in a cliffhanger. <laughs> that that is not not spoiling. So I don't know if you meant to spoil or you thought you weren't spoiling, but that is considered a spoiler to say that. And you've now spoiled Veronica. What do I do? I'm going to finish it. I need to know. Yeah, you're going to finish it. I'm going to finish it. And then you'll see. I'm reading see it and listening to the audiobook because that is the only way I can con- like conceivably finish this book in oh, time. You're, you're like doing the whisper sync yeah. thing. It's working. This is yeah. actually the best whisper sync has ever worked for me. I'm not sure why, but it figured it out right away. Normally I have to like turn my Kindle on and off like 50 times and like restart my phone and do all this like crap to get it to work, but just worked right away. So that was good. Seems like it works better if you start with David, the book and right. then get the audiobook. Oh, okay. Go ahead. I was done. David writes, uh, hi, thanks again for reminding me about the tour.com 2021 ebook collection with everything going on. I almost forgot about it. Also for introducing me to the reading glasses podcast. I've really been enjoying their, their book light review. Very helpful. Uh, yeah. Thank you, David. And, uh, and, uh, glad, glad you're enjoying the reading glasses too. I love those guys. I can't listen to another podcast about books. I think it would make me too jealous. I would spend too much time trying to figure out how I can make my my podcast about books better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably what would happen to you. <laughs> He's like, that makes sense. That tracks with your yeah. personality I can't, I can't traits. Argue with that. That, 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 that fits. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I'm actually going to go on the Reading Glasses podcast uh, to talk about uh, because they, they do like book tip uh, things to talk about reading with a person or, or being in a part, being in a relationship with someone who doesn't read as much as you. Cause Eileen is not a big reader. It, okay. She can read and she does read, but she doesn't read a lot. And I read a lot. Uh, and I, cause I was saying, I always hear them reading emails from people who are like, Oh, my, you know, my partner and I always do this or always do that. And I'm like, Oh yeah, we don't really have, we don't share book tips because we don't read the same way. Mm. Uh, so I'm going to do a segment on, on that. Like you're, you can be in a successful relationship with someone who is not as bookish as you are. So I'm looking forward to that. Very cool. Well, yeah, you'll have to let us know when you're on. I'm jealous. I'm mad that I'm, I'm going I'm on mad. the podcast. I know. I could see. I'm I could, mad. I could tell. I'm mad that I wasn't asked. I'll come back. No, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. You like them better. It's fine. <laughs> I it's pitched fine. the idea. You pitched what do you it? mean you weren't asked? Okay. Pitch an idea. Yeah. So you mean if you put yourself out there, you get opportunities that you might not otherwise have to do things? Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I Apparently. I don't know. It's, it seemed to work this one. <laughs> All right. Also, but Mallory and Bria owe, owe me because they they filled in for you. Oh, that's true. Or you owe them. You owe them, right? For filling oh, right. in for me. I owe them. <laughs> that, that it was such sense. an honor for them to be on this show. <laughs> yeah, that no, that doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> they owe me for letting them do that extra work. <laughs> I'm sure they'll be thrilled oh to gosh. hear. Um, <laughs> should we yeah. should we jump into our book check in? Oh, them. <laughs> Yeah, uh, let's do that. Let's do the let's do the check. All right, we are checking in on the Empress of Salt and Fortune by Niveau. Uh, thanks so much to Seth for the recommendation. Um, we already have the book briefing up over on Patreon. This is a shorter pick, um, as we have discussed in previous episodes. It's a novella, 
Um, so it's really only about two and a half hours on audiobook form too. So if, if you're looking for something to listen to, it's a great, great thing to pick up and, and listen to, you know, wash a few dishes, do some house chores and you are, you're done. Um, but I thought it was, I am done. I thought it was really great. We're not going to wrap it up in this episode. This is a check-in just to be clear. Um, but yeah, what are you thinking so far, Tom? I uh, purposefully, because it is so short, didn't start it until Sunday. Got it. Uh, and purposefully stopped myself <laughs> from finishing it so that I don't know how it ends right now. And I can give a clear, uh, you know, I'm in the middle of reading it. I honestly, I don't normally do that. I, I quite often hit these episodes with longer books and have finished it by now. Uh, but because it was so easy to not feel like I was going to fall behind with this, I'm like, oh yeah, I can easily finish this tomorrow. Um, I, I decided to play it that way. I love it. Uh, we watch a lot of wuxia, um, which are, are kind of Chinese fantasy, uh, TV shows and, uh, and a lot of the period pieces, some of them are historically set. Some of them are fantasy set. Um, but the historically ones, historically set ones really reflect, uh, a lot of what's going on, on on this episode with with the empress uh, and the consorts and the mm, exile mm-hmm. and all, all the palace intrigue and and all of that 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 in, is involved in the storytelling and even uh, you know the the kind of the typical tropes of you know the rabbit and and the Buddhist monk and uh, it kind of in some ways re- reminds me of um, oh gosh I'm I'm blanking now. Uh, uh, monkey King story. I can't remember the name of the, oh, the monk uh, in there, but this monk reminds yeah. me of that monk. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Cleric. She's a cleric. Uh, but yeah, this is the, yeah, exactly. A cleric. Um, oh, I'm I, sorry. I, I, it's cleric. on the tip of my tongue. It, yeah. And I cannot, I cannot remember her name and I don't want to say it wrong, but anyway, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's good. I, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. My only regret personally is that it's only a novella. Yeah, feels like it could have been a full novel if 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 they wanted it to be. Um, so Jenny said, uh, The Chosen and the Beautiful was the name of her title for her post. And Jenny said, I skimmed this novella, not really for me, but I really loved her debut novel, The Chosen and the Beautiful. It's a retelling of The Great Gatsby. When I reread The Great Gatsby, I hadn't really remembered the character of Jordan Baker, a friend of Daisy and sometimes narrator. In this retelling, she has the focus, lending a queer, Asian, and sometimes magical perspective. I claim to dislike retellings, but I loved this. Um, since the original work is now famously in the public domain, many authors have been taking the work and running with it. Nevo uses some pieces verbatim, whether they be dialogue or scene setters, but always for mm. the purpose of choosing of showing from a different angle. Um, Jordan has a lot of access to the characters, after all, and also has the ability to create out of paper cutting. Uh, took me back to the Paper Menagerie by Ken Liu. Uh, Gatsby may have more secrets than we knew. The rich and famous drink Demonac. And there seems to be glamour beyond just what money can buy. All to say, highly recommended. So I know this isn't about our novella, but I thought it was interesting because <laughs> I've never read The Great Gatsby. I, 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 I admire how Jenny turned what could have been a negative post mm-hmm. into a positive one. That was very well done, Jenny. Well done. Yeah. I, uh, Tripitaka. Um, Tripitaka is the name of the cleric in Monkey King. Oh, got it. Okay. Um, yeah, so uh, Jenny says that you probably don't need to have read The Great Gatsby to understand this one, but it helped her to uh, see how it all came together. Um, so that's pretty cool. 
Um, I have never. Yeah, it's a cool idea. I like that idea of taking public domain books and and giving a new spin to them like that. Yeah, I like it too. I feel like I need to read more classics. I've talked about this a lot on the show before. Mm. I feel like I'm missing a big. Maybe we should start a second book club. Reading the classics for the first time. Yeah, I can definitely fit in another (laughs) novel length book every month. Definitely going to be happening. uh, Leather bound and hardback. Leather bound and hardback. That sounds. <laughs> yeah, because the leather bounds are the really old classics Tom, and the hardbacks are just old. It doesn't sound like a book club show. That sounds like a BDSM show. Yeah, it does. Yeah. 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 Well, take that, someone who wants to make mm-hmm. a BDSM podcast. We won't be using that. That is also a book club. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's a great name. Uh-huh. Great name for your, your BDSM book club. You could host yeah. it over at uh, Wicked Grounds. Actually, that's a really good name for a BDSM <laughs> book club. You're right. <laughs> please enjoy take it it's yours it's on us have that one for free um cool very cool uh should i should i get into eric's post then all right eric said we're introduced to the cleric with gender neutral pronouns interestingly tripitaka often uh gender flipped or gender neutral uh in the netflix revival monkey tripitaka is played by a woman Hmm. uh anyway when rabbit meets the cleric she calls her girl before realizing she's a cleric and correcting herself. So it seems the office comes with an abandonment of gender. Perhaps this is meant to signify something larger, that they are giving up their individuality by becoming clerics. Or is there perhaps cultural translation thing going on here? For example, the cleric calls rabbit grandmother. This is pretty un- This is pretty common throughout Asia. Everyone your mom's age is an aunt or uncle. People your age that you want to respect are older brother and older sister. I wonder if there's something like this for monks in Asia. Uh, that it's correct to refer to them without gender. Got it. So- yeah, there was. I, I was watching a, a show called Reset, uh, and there's this one guy they call Uncle, and he gets really upset. He's like, "I'm not that old. Call me brother." <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, there is um, there's an interview with uh, Bo and Locus Mag, um, who talks about the character and the 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 part that Rick broke out into this thread. Um, she is the narrator of Empress of Salt and Fortune. At some point, people are going to figure out that, uh, okay, I don't want to say that. I don't want to say that. Uh, spoilery. There might be a little spoilery there. Yeah, because okay. we want you to figure that out on your own. Uh, Vo says, uh, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing the name of the character right. It's C-H-I-H. Um, Chi- in, the, uh, in the audiobook, they say Chi. Chi, okay. Chi came along quite a bit after the genesis of the story and after I started figuring out how I was going to write it. Rabbit was always there and Inyo was always there, but Rabbit needed someone to talk to. Who would Rabbit talk to? The answer became Chi, a non-binary historian monk who is basically on pilgrimage and just happens to stop by. So that's how they started. So it isn't, from from Vo's perspective at least, that all clerics are gender neutral or non-binary, but that this mm. particular cleric happens to be. But I don't actually know if that comes across in the story because I don't think she ever says their pronouns or in any way instructs Rabbit. Rabbit just kind of figures it out by looking at them. Mm-hmm. So that's that's yeah. interesting. So it, I guess it could be taken both ways from the reader's perspective. Yeah. And Dezerla said, as a non-binary person, I chose to read it as all of the clerics being some form of non-binary or trans instead of giving up your identity to become a cleric. Maybe it's just me not wanting my identity to be used as just a notation of rank instead of an indication of the character's identity. But I think that plays into why 
maybe it isn't made clear is to leave leave room for that. Yeah, Jackie says, I actually thought that she themselves was non-binary and this world understands and acknowledges that, which is even better. <laughs> you know, that's like, like yeah, I think I would I would wish that the world would be like that. So that's kind of cool that that's just yeah, not maybe, taken for I, granted. I, I almost feel like this world doesn't take that stuff too, not not that it doesn't take it too seriously, but it, it it's not, uh, it, it's not, preoccupied with like, well, which of the two boxes do you go in? It's like, oh, you're that. Okay. That's fine too. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very wide open there. Totally. Very cool. Um, and then this final thread, uh, how far does SFF stretch? This is from John Taloni. Um, I'm just making sure I don't say anything spoilery. Okay. So I, I read kind of puzzled as it went on in a disjointed fashion, he says. After a while, I realized it didn't feel like SFF. I have the same problem with the first part of Niven Purnell's footfall and the entirety of Lucifer's hammer. It's too close to the real world. I read SFF for that stepping off into a different world. And if it's too close to our reality, then I don't engage. So for a similar style but different world building, I, I enjoyed This Is How You Lose a Time War much less so Empress of Salt and Fortune. So, world building. How does this world different from our own history? How is this world different from our own history? Not so much, really. It feels like ancient China with mages added. If we go by the extinction date of mammoths, it would be set about 12,000 years ago, even though none of the civilizations would be close to what was in the book at that time. So either mammoths survived, or we postulate large governments much further back. So maybe about the same era as Conan. That's clearly SFF. But unlike Empress, Conan gets into weird pretty early on in each story. I see a lot of people love this book. For me, it was too close to a historical story. I could read those, but mostly as homework, not for fun. This was history with mages in a small supporting role and a magical bird species. Not enough to make me want to make that leap. Enjoyed reading the ending, but it was getting to be a slog there. What do you What do you think? I think you... I think- uh, first of all, John Taloni, uh, you, this, this is just your opinion and you're entitled to it. I'm, I'm not, not saying you're wrong. I think you might be underselling the magical bird though, as far as pretty great like, magical bird. This having a fantastical and, and pretty crucial. In fact, we just learned <laughs> that magical bird existed before the cleric. Uh, so I don't know. I, I wonder if you're assuming this is more historical than it is, perhaps. Uh, I, I don't think this relates to any actual emperors and empresses. Uh, and there's so many fantasies that are basically medieval Europe with a king and right, queen. Right. And they just throw, they a, throw mage a mage in, in there. Right. Like and maybe a magical I'm not sword. Sure how how much different, but maybe those don't work for John Deloney either. Maybe those, those are also like, nah, you gotta have something. So more. I really so, liked I, I really liked Eric's post on this. Um He said, uh, I understand even if I don't feel the same way you do. As others mentioned, an urban fantasy is kind of the same thing, e.g. the Dresden Files is just normal Chicago, Mm -hmm. but wizards, or I guess Harry Potter. The the funny thing is, is that I thought your logic, Eric says, was going to be about what I was thinking in the first couple of chapters. How is this SFF? And then I had to remind myself that there aren't ghosts and birds don't talk. But you know how there's like hard SF and hand wavy SF and all the way to space opera or Star Wars, which straddles things, especially before metachlorians get involved. I feel the same way with fantasy. Another coincidentally also Asian themed story that had me feeling a lot like this was the first book in The Poppy Wars. Totally agree. 
Until somewhere between 50% and 75% through, it's just the story of a scrappy kid in a Confucian style, not China, trying to make it through graduation to an important post. Eventually, the fantasy elements come through, but kind of like Game of Thrones or EOSAF, uh, they're kind of irrelevant. The only benefit of the talking bird is the one chapter where Rabbit talks to the bird instead of Chi. I had to read that last sentence I mean, slow because I wasn't sure if it was going to be a spoiler <laughs> or not. <laughs> it's it's good. It's it, it's good to have have a have your opinions and and I don't mean again I the same thing with John Taloni. Like I, I'm not trying to say your opinion is invalid, uh, but I also think for me, uh, if it's if it's got fantastical elements, it's fantasy. Mm-hmm. It may be fantasy you don't like, or it may not be in your wheelhouse. You may be like, yeah, it's just fine. I prefer my fantasy to have X, Y, and Z, and this didn't have that. That's that's kind of how I would encourage people to think about it. Not not the big, the almost too large question of is it actually fantasy or not, but but think about is it my brand of fantasy? Is it my flavor of fantasy? Uh, chocolate's food, but not everybody likes chocolate. They're crazy, but they don't like chocolate, right? So, uh, you know, that that can be true of fantasy. Somebody can be like, yeah, I want it to have a lot more. That's what John Taloni was saying. Or I I want it to, you know, m- move move out away from my my current world, which I think John Taloni and Eric were both saying. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I think it's fine to be like, yeah, not my, not my brand, not my flavor, but I think it's less useful to question whether it's fantasy or not. Uh, it's, it's more useful to, to talk about what kind of fantasy it is and whether that fits your flavor profile. <laughs> That's not pushing the metaphor too far. <laughs> I liked it. I liked it. Um, very cool. Um, so that, that wraps up our episode, our episode. You didn't hear me sneezing, did you? No, I did not. Sick. You were sneezing? Yeah, Bless you. good. No, I'm just making sure my, my mute button worked. I have a mute button on my mic finally. I haven't, I've never had that before. Oh, congrats. Thank That's you. Awesome. So I can yeah, sneeze. It totally worked. Unmol- unmolested. <laughs> um, thank you so much to everyone listening. Uh, it's still early in the month. So if you haven't started The Empress of Salt and Fortune, you can definitely pick it up and catch up with us. Like we said, it's a very quick book. It's a novella. Uh, one of the first times, maybe, you know, a handful of times we've read a novella in the history of Sword and Laser. So easy to catch up on. And of course, thank you to all of you out there who help fund our show. Um, you can help back our show by visiting patreon.com slash sword and laser. Also, you can support the show by buying books through our links. We have links to bookshop.org if you want to support indie books. We also have links to Amazon if that's how you prefer. Uh, you can find all those links at swordandlaser.com slash picks. If you want to get in touch with us, our email address is feedback at swordandlaser.com. We also regularly hang out over on our Discord. You can find links to that over on our website, swordandlaser.com. And we're on Instagram and Twitter at Sword and Laser. And of course, you can follow all of our discussions over on Goodreads, goodreads.com slash sword and laser. <laughs> that's a lot of sword and lasers, but that's how we roll. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. This podcast is part of the Frog Pants Studios Network. For more information about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there. 